0: I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Patricia Power's eerie saga of a neighborhood that seized. Face of the foe. Starring Jessica Walter, Joseph Campanella, and Judy Carn in Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour.
2: Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Bitch Not Chewing Tobacco, V8 Vegetable Juice, and Campo This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
0: This week, A Winter's Tale, set in a pleasant residential neighborhood in the Canadian city of Montreal, where two attractive young women share a cozy, stylish apartment, their workaday problems and pleasures, and their dreams and uncertainties of the future. For Nicole Nugent, there's the question of whether or not she should marry the budding young novelist Christopher Galloway. For Laura Prescott, still smarting from a broken love affair... There is her current plan to start a beer garden restaurant to put her passion for German cooking profitably to work. But for Nicole Nugent and Laura Prescott, there will soon be a far more immediate and vital concern. There's a psychopath loose in the neighborhood. He's murdering people. And his victims, all are women. Our story, Face of the Foe, begins after this word. Open up! It's me, Napoleon Bonaparte, Emperor of all France,
1: much of the civilized world, and Louisiana if the deal falls through. Quick, Pierre, hide in the closet. Napoleon must not find you here. Come in, Napi. Ah, Josephine, I had to see you. Napoleon, my dearest heart, what are you doing here? I thought you were at Waterloo. I was, but it ended early. What is that? I smell cigarette smoke. You know I hate you to smoke. I didn't. I don't. uh, I mean, I, I started again. Aha! The smoke coming from that closet. Come out of there, you scoundrel, And on guard! It was a name there to pick up the dry cleaning? Take that, you filthy escargot! This world that? history lesson
0: was brought to you by your American Cancer Society, which says smoking can be injurious to your health. Touché! <laughs> in more ways than one. Asphalt and concrete, neon and steel, nowhere. Shutter doors on the hearts Broken dreams in the concrete Murder dreams in the steel
3: Grief in the darkness, grief in the space Picture this, a cool
0: blustery winter's evening in the city of Montreal In front of a cozy fire in the living room of their shared apartment, Nicole Nugent and Laura Prescott sit over their after-dinner coffee.
1: Till Eulenspiegel. How does that sound to you as a name for my restaurant? Till Eulenspiegel? What is it? It's not a what is it, it's a who is it. A collection of satirical tales were written about him back in the 1500s. He was kind of a German hippie of his time. Liked to play tricks on the establishment, including innkeepers. Now that you've told me, it's a great name. But will the customers know who he is? His legend will be proclaimed on a plaque outside the door and on the back of our menu. I just hope this place I have an appointment to see tomorrow turns out to be as ideal as it sounds. It's a delicatessen restaurant with modern equipment, even an area at the side for outdoor tables and chairs. And it's right across from the university. A beer garden should have great appeal to college students. That sounds perfect. How come the owner is giving it up? He's retiring. What time is your appointment with him? Not until late tomorrow afternoon, so I have to try to get my mind off it. I'm going to a movie with Amy tonight. Want to join us? No, thank you. This is the kind of evening to curl up in front of the fire with a good book. Especially if the man you're in love with is too busy writing one to curl up with you. I take it Chris is on a deadline. Again, I'm not sure I want to marry a man who's already married to a typewriter. I wouldn't hesitate too long if a man like Christopher Galloway loved me. (laughs) Be careful on your way out. You may run into the man in apartment four. Oh, I hope not. All we knew of the man in apartment four was the name on his mailbox. T. Oliphant. He'd moved in a month ago. A tall, stooped, cadaverous-looking character with a bald, high-domed head and a gray prison pallor look to his skin. Every time Laura and I encountered him in the lobby, he looked at us through his thick-lensed glasses in a way that gave us both the creeps. A cold, sneering look, as though we were reacting to something that thoroughly disgusted him. He's a woman-hater. I'm sure of that. Sybil Hepworth thinks he's the mad bomber. It's ridiculous to even ask where Sybil Hepworth gets any of her ideas. But where did she get that one from? You know how he's always carrying a brown carton under his arm when he goes out? and she says she hears him hammering on something in his apartment all the time. So she figures he's in there making bums. You know Sybil. Sybil Hepworth was our apartment house busybody. Unfortunately, her apartment was right across the hall from ours. And now as Laura left for her movie date, Sybil came flying out of her door to corner me with an idle comment about the weather which was always her devious way of trying to strike up a gossip-laden conversation. Real wintry night out, isn't it? Yes, it is. Not fit for man or beast. But I noticed it didn't go Miss Prescott none. She must have a very important engagement to go out to a night like this. Very. She's a beautiful girl. Used to see her going out all the time with a gentleman friend. But he doesn't seem to come around anymore. I suppose things between them must have gone sth, as they say. Gone what? You know, I'll actually write in the gossip Columns. Oh, do you read the gossip Columns, Miss Hepworth? I shouldn't think you'd have the time. Good night. I'd long ago reached the conclusion that Sybil Hepworth moved her bed out into the lobby at bedtime. But she was right about one thing. It was a real wintry night outside. I stirred up the flames in the fireplace, kicked off my shoes and settled down on the sofa with my book. It was a murder mystery, a good one. I was so absorbed in the story I was reading that the sudden frantic pounding on the door gave me a start that nearly sent me out of my skin. Who could it be and what was wrong? No one had rung the buzzer. Whoever it was, how had they gotten in? I was almost afraid to open the door, but the urgent hammering went on like a cry for help. I turned the catch and cautiously opened the door. The colorless, terrified face of a woman peered in at me. Please, please let me in. Someone's after me.
2: My daddy was a mighty fine man. He taught me a thing or two. A woman can hurt, so you stay on your guard. And beach nuts, the tobacco you chew. Them times we go fishing, my daddy and me, he tell me everything we ever knew. You go after big mouth in close to the bank. And beach nuts, the tobacco you chew. Around here, beach nuts the word for chewing tobacco. It's been that way father and son for a long, long time. What's the secret? It's the way beechnut just keeps getting better. Like, beechnuts a lot moister these days, with more taste and less stems. Big improvements. You ought to try today's Beech Nut chewing tobacco. And now I'm a daddy with a son who's full grown, and I tell him a thing or two. Scared money don't win, evil women drink gin, and Beech Nut's the tobacco you chew. We'll return to our story in a moment.
4: Here's a tip from your Better Business Bureau. A household move is always a difficult undertaking, but it can be particularly unpleasant during the summer. Pickups and deliveries are more likely to be delayed then because the demand on moving companies is at a peak. One way to minimize such problems and save a substantial amount of money, too, is to move yourself. However, there are a few things to think about before you go out and rent a truck or trailer. Are you and your helpers physically up to carrying your heaviest furniture in and out of houses? If you need a large trailer, is your car up to towing it? Rental trailers are cheaper than trucks, but less advisable for long hauls with heavy loads. You should also take into consideration the additional wear and tear on your car and allow for greatly reduced gas mileage. Unless a driver is accustomed to pulling a camp trailer, hauling a load of furniture may present problems, especially in parking. Sure, you want to save money, but be sure you know what it means to do it yourself. A consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau. Oh, let
1: let me in, please. Yes, of course. Uh, He he was right behind me, all the way down Winnicott Road. You're safe now. I've locked the door. Thank you. Thank you. Come in and sit down. I'll get you some brandy, then you can tell me what happened. With shaking hands, she put the armful of sheet music and books she was carrying on the coffee table and sat down heavily on the sofa. A big, ungainly woman with a round, childlike face framed by black sausage curls. In her late thirties, I figured, and well-to-do, judging by the pastel mink, velvet pantsuit, and pearl necklace she was wearing. (laughs) I went into the kitchen and poured a generous measure of brandy into a glass, noting by my watch that it was 10.30. And at that moment, I suddenly remembered something that sent a shiver of fear down my spine. Only four nights ago, a woman had been found strangled inside a garage on Winnicott Road. Thank you, Miss... Nugent, Nicole Nugent. I, I'm Kathleen Windsor. I, I live on Winnicott Road, close to Queen Mary. I was on my way home. And someone was following you? Yes, yes. He followed me along Court Saint-Luc from Girouard and then down Winnicott. I, I crossed the street and he crossed right behind me, getting closer and closer. How frightening. I, I knew I couldn't reach my house, so I turned and ran down Phoebe Lane. Did he come after you? Yes, he stopped for just a minute, and then I heard him coming. That's when I ran in and started pounding on your door. Oh, thank heaven you were here to let me in. But how did you get into the lobby without ringing the buzzer? I didn't have to ring. The door wasn't locked. Oh, that's what I was afraid of. We've been having trouble with the lock on that door. I guess the janitor hasn't fixed it yet. Well, you'd better see that he does. But I am grateful that it was still broken tonight. Perhaps I should call the police. Could could you give them any description of the man? No. I just ran when I heard him getting closer. I I only glanced at him once when I crossed the street on on Winnicott before he came across after me. What did he look like? Kind of short, I think, with a dark coat. I couldn't really see. It was dark and he was in the shadows. I was really too frightened to notice. I understand. You see... Only last Monday night, a girl from my church choir was murdered on Winnicott Road. Yes, I I read about it. It must be awful when it's someone you knew. Elsie Grimberger. She sang the solo sometimes. Had a beautiful soprano voice. Shall I get you some more brandy? No. No, I have to go home. Mother would be so worried if she knew. She's always warning me to come straight home after choir practice. You live with your mother? Yes, but she's in the hospital now, has has been for weeks, poor thing, with a broken hip. If we were to call the police, something might appear in the paper to worry her. I don't think you have enough of a description to be of any help to them. And I'm sure the man isn't still hanging about. Oh, dear, I hope not. To tell you the truth, I'm I'm frightened about walking home from here. Oh, but I won't let you walk home alone. I'll go with you. Oh, that that's very kind, but do you really think you should? I mean, that means from my house back here, you'd be walking alone. Now that she mentioned it, the idea didn't exactly appeal to me. We were in definite need of an escort. And almost at once I thought of Mr. Matry, the janitor. If he were home, he wouldn't mind, I was sure. I remembered his telling me how he liked to take walks at night. There he is now. In just a few minutes, you'll be safely home. Hello, Mr. Matry. This is so good of you. No trouble at all, Miss Nugent. This is Miss Windsor. She lives just down the street on Winnicott Road. (laughs) Thank you ever so much for coming to our rescue, Mr. Matry. (laughs) A sudden suspicion dawned on me. Was Kathleen Windsor just imagining things? Had a man actually been following her, or was it only wishful thinking? Well, she was close to 40, I was sure of it. But when it came to men and mother, it appeared she was just a naughty little girl. Mr. Matry's broad, swarthy face remained expressionless at all of the fawning and giggling Kathleen Windsor couldn't seem to refrain from. <laughs> Your things are on the coffee table, Miss Windsor. Don't forget them. Oh, yeah. yes, my music. Uh, I'm going to be singing a solo this Sunday. Uh, are you a church-going man, Mr. Matry?
4: Yes, I go to church every week.
1: <laughs> As the three of us came out of the apartment, I saw the door across the hall furtively closed. I knew that Sybil Hepworth had had her eyes and ears open. A full moon rode high behind a veil of clouds. We walked quickly, heads down against the wind, and arrived at Seabury House in a few minutes' time. A doorman in maroon and gold livery tipped his hat to Kathleen Windsor, swung the outer door open, and admitted us into the inner sanctum. We rode a whispery silent elevator to the fourth floor, walked down a thickly carpeted, softly lit hall to a plum-colored door numbered 415. We waited while Kathleen Windsor searched her purse for her keys, found them, and opened the door. (laughs) Won't you please come in for a moment? (laughs) Both of you. Just to see that everything's all right. Yes, of course. Just for a moment. He might have gotten into my apartment somehow.
4: That does not seem very likely to me. It would be very difficult to get past that doorman and through a locked door.
1: But we'll make certain you're safe before we leave. Won't we, Mr. Matry? Of course. Mr. Matry patiently looked into every corner and cupboard and checked the window leading to the fire escape. There is no one here. You do not have to worry. Uh, but uh, the, the other rooms, Mr. Matry, would you mind? He went into the kitchen, the bathroom, and Kathleen's mother's room looking behind curtains and doors and the clothes hanging in closets. Finally, we walked together into the room that I knew at once belonged to Kathleen Windsor. the little girl's room, all pink and white with ruffled curtains and a menagerie of stuffed animals on a canopied four-poster bed. From a rocking chair in the corner, a giant plush teddy bear stared at me with glass-button eyes. It's all right, Miss Windsor.
4: I've looked everywhere. There is no one. <laughs> I,
1: I know you're going to think this is silly of me, Mr. Matry, but there is one other place he could be hiding. Would you just take one little peek <laughs> under my bed? Um. A great natural blend of eight garden
2: vegetables, cocktail,
0: vegetable juice, V8. When a skin injury makes your child cry out in pain,
2: Ow, it hurts!
0: Remember Campophenic. Campophenic is the multi-purpose family medication that instantly stops the pain of minor cuts, scrapes, burns, even cold sores and fever blisters. Camphophonique gently penetrates skin injuries to kill germs, protect against infection, helps nature heal skin injuries. Campophenic, the penetrating first aid medication, stops pain instantly. Campophenic. The
2: Zero Hour continues after this. Be prepared.
3: Are you ready to get school? Be prepared. Are you ready to take the
2: lead? Because if you ain't.
3: Let me ask you now Who's gonna tell them about the Pusher Man? Tell you know, if you're 18 or older, you can help a lot of guys be prepared by being a leader in scouting. I mean it, scouting today's a lot more than you think. Be prepared. Are you ready to get?
1: my adventurous evening with Kathleen Windsor seemed rather ludicrous. I was looking ahead to the following evening when that struggling young novelist, Christopher Galloway, would tear himself away from his current literary effort long enough to take me out to dinner. But it was just my luck to wake up the next morning with a cold. Cheer up. Two weeks from now, you'll be sunning yourself on the sands of Jamaica, where probably no one's ever even heard of a cold. Right now, my only concern is about my date with Chris tonight. Any time he's willing to take off when he's on a deadline is pure gold. Yes. A glass of freshly squeezed vitamin C. Maybe if you take it easy all day, you'll feel better tonight. Oh, maybe. Too bad you had to go out at all last night. My big errand of mercy. It was a fool's errand, I'm sure. That poor silly woman. You should have seen her bedroom, Laura. It looked like something out of an old Shirley Temple movie. Well, from what you've told me, I guess her mother just never let her grow up. Her mother should have seen her last night. Giggling and fawning over poor little Mr. Matry. How was Mr. Matry taking it? He didn't say anything after we left. You know how quiet and polite he always is. I caught him staring at her a couple of times, though. we would better remind him to fix that lock on the lobby door. Oh! We met T. Oliphant in the lobby on our way out last night. And you should have seen the way he stared at Kathleen Windsor. I've seen the way he stares at me, and that's enough. It is strange. He looked her up and down with that awful sneer of his. Maybe he doesn't approve of women in mink coats. A mink and an apartment at Seabury House. Whatever it is that Kathleen Windsor lacks, it is money anyway. Well, minks aren't in my line. All I want is a nice-going little restaurant. I hope this place I'm seeing today will be it. Keep your fingers crossed. I will. (laughs) That's about as much activity as I feel up to. It was a long, cold day. Even bundled up under blankets on the sofa in front of a roaring fire, I couldn't stop shivering. I kept trying to get Chris on the phone, but the line was always busy. I knew he had the receiver off the hook. Another annoying habit of his when he was in the throes of creation. you all day. Oh, you
3: know I sometimes take the phone off the hook when I'm writing.
1: Yes, I know. It's very frustrating. What's the matter,
3: Muffet? You sound a little out of sorts.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. I have a cold, that's all. Oh,
3: poor Miss Muffet. I thought you sounded a little fuzzy. Hey, what does this do to our dinner date?
1: Cancels it, I'm afraid. I just don't think I should go out tonight.
3: Oh, well, then how about me bringing dinner in? Your favorite Chinese food. Or would you rather not have any company at all?
1: Not just any company, but you and Chinese food sound perfect. I'm rallying already.
3: Good girl. I'll be there soon, and I won't stay too late.
1: Oh, it's just as well. <laughs> Probably full of germs.
3: Uh, seeing as how they your germs, I'll risk it. I'll see you about it.
1: Muffet. Chris always called me that. With affection, but also with a twinkle of amusement in his eye that he wouldn't explain. I couldn't honestly say why I didn't jump at the chance to marry Chris. I loved him and he loved me. We both knew it without having to say it all the time. But I also knew his commitment to his work might sometimes come between us. Was that the real reason I put off saying yes? Right now, with the man of my life to you any minute, I thought I'd better try to make myself as appealing as anybody with a cold of the nose could be. About all I could manage was a touch of eye makeup and a few strokes of the hairbrush. At least it took some of the lackluster from my eyes and returned a little of the sheen to my hair.
3: Hello, darling. Hmm. How's my mouth to feel,
1: huh? I'll live. Especially now that help's arrived. With provisions.
3: Ah, here we Wonton, lobster, shrimp, fried rice, pineapple chicken, and pork chop
1: soy. Mmm, sounds fantastic, even to my poor dull taste buds. Where's <laughs> Laura? I brought dinner for three. Well, she should be back any time. She went to check out a location for a restaurant. It sounded perfect. Oh,
3: good. Well, let's get everything all ready. She may be in the mood for celebration
1: when she comes in. I don't have anything to celebrate. The property wasn't even for sale. Not for sale? But, but I thought you'd talk to the owner on the telephone. Well, I thought I did, too. I told him he'd called me in answer to my ad. But he swore it wasn't he who called. Then who was it? He said it must have been some joker. Some joke. I wonder why anyone would do something like that. Don't ask me. Maybe running a wanted ad in the paper on my own wasn't such a good idea.
3: Shouldn't be anything wrong with that. Let's see the air.
1: Oh my God. Nikki, what's the matter? What is above it? Buffett? That story in the paper. Look what it says. I pointed to a small news item at the bottom of the page. Woman found strangled was the headline. Below it, with disbelieving eyes, I read. Early this morning, the body of a woman identified as Kathleen Windsor was found in her apartment at Seabury House on Winnicott Road. She'd been strangled. Grief in the darkness,
0: grief and despair. Nowhere, nowhere, someone to care. You are
2: listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. Your Heart Association presents Maureen Stapleton and Martin Balsam.
1: A red blazer with brass buttons. Oh, it's great. Open the other birthday present. It feels like... What is it? A sphygmomanometer. Sphyg what? Sphygmomanometer. I can take your blood pressure with it. Oh, just when I need it. Well, it's your 40th birthday. I'd like to celebrate 50 more. And there's millions of people walking around who don't even know they have high blood pressure. So? So high blood pressure, if it goes untreated, can lead to heart attack, stroke, and other not-so-nice things. Look, I don't have it. How do you know? There's no constant symptoms, and you never get checkups.
0: Well, I'm not about to let you check my blood pressure.
1: Then you'll see the doctor about a checkup. Okay. Good. Then I'll return his spare So finger- this
4: was a trick, huh?
1: I thought of it after reading a Heart Association booklet on high blood pressure. You ought to read it.
4: Your free copy
2: of your Heart Association booklet on high blood pressure is waiting for you. Why not pick it up? Just another service you support when you give to the Heart Fund. Make heart health your number one cause. Younger may be, but still I'm a man just to and I'll do what I can to find
4: me a place where I can be free. Get ready for life.
0: new navy you'll get your chance at success learn an exciting job and see the world call toll free 800-841-8000 or see your navy recruiter be someone special in the new navy tomorrow at this time rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense Face of the foe, I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zero Hour.
3: This episode brought to you in part by Beatsknot, V8, and Campo Fadik. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
2: You have been listening to The Zero Hour. and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.